0: Welcome in to episode number 40 of the Couch Pat, Potato Podcast. Got an awesome show today talking Warriors Raptors, recapping the Women's College World Series and previewing the final. Um, we got the Godzilla review with Zach Blackerby and the Man review with Mary Claxton Gaddy and Mackenzie Hickman. Stay tuned until the end for that. Um, both of those reviews were really good. I had a lot of fun watching both movies and a lot of fun reviewing them both. So I hope everyone enjoys it. Let's get into it.
1: Couch Potato Podcast.
0: It is Monday, June 3rd, here on the Couch Potato Podcast. It is a new month. A new month. And we are excited. Huge weekend in sports. Huge weekend. Boston, the Bruins just absolutely lay waste to the St. Louis Blues in game three of the Stanley Cup final. The Warriors last night beat the Raptors just incredible uh, the Warriors are unreal with all the injuries that they have uh, right now with Klay Thompson going out in the middle of the game Kevin Durant obviously isn't playing uh, Steph Curry apparently has diarrhea um, I don't even know who else Andrea Guadal is just old I mean all of it they get a big game from Boogie Cousins placed what, 28 minutes Almost has a triple-double. Draymond Green, one, I believe, assist away from a triple-double himself after having a triple-double in Game 1. The Warriors look like they're back. If I'm the Raptors, I'm very, very afraid. Very afraid. So we'll see. Steph Curry was great. In the second half, Klay Thompson was awesome. Uh, The junk defense, the box and one from the Raptors really worked well. And we'll see how uh, how the Warriors can adjust for that coming back to Oakland. I still think the Warriors are going to win this series in five. Maybe the Raptors will steal game uh, five and send it to a sixth game. And I'm sure the Warriors will be just as happy to win in Oakland. But I, I think we're really seeing how good the Warriors are top to bottom and not just how uh, they don't need to rely on just one person to carry the team one player baseball super regionals um, not over yet there are some games still tonight the SEC's gotten six teams through to the super regional round including the Auburn Tigers let's go yeah that's pretty much all I got we'll get uh, we'll get our baseball correspondent back on here in the coming days to uh give a full breakdown of the Super Regionals, and I'll give you some picks for those. On to a sport that I know. Softball. The Women's College World Series began, and it will end sometime this week, either tonight or the next night or the next night. It is UCLA and Oklahoma. Going to give you some little recaps. Of each game. UCLA in the opening game uh, gets all over Minnesota. Minnesota just didn't have it this day. Uh, The Bruins jumped all over the Pac-12 or the Pac-10 pitcher of the year and behind Rachel Garcia's arm. Complete game. She gave up two runs on four hits, had seven strikeouts. Uh, uh, Just a great game by Rachel Garcia, back-to-back player of the year. Rachel Garcia proved in the Women's College World Series, on the biggest stage, why she's the player of the year. She was incredible. The whole whole season, or the whole, yes, but the whole Women's College World Series, she was absolutely tremendous. So shout out Rachel Garcia. A lot of home runs for UCLA in that first game. Pfizer had thrown the first 673 pitches for Minnesota in the NCAA tournament all 673, and then she was taken out of the game after five and two-thirds innings. She gave up eight hits and seven runs. Just three earned runs. She walked six and struck out six. Not her best outing. And credit UCLA, man. These bats came out swinging, and they did great. Uh, the next game was Arizona and Washington. Um, Arizona... That game went eight innings, but Arizona has two of the top ten power hitters in the country, including Jesse Harper, who leads the country in home runs now with 29 um, after she hit one in that game. So the two big dogs for Arizona, their two big power hitters come through and lead them to a three to one win in extra innings. I mean, not much to say other than that. A big pitching duel. We talked before the Women's Culture World Series about Washington's two aces, um, Alvalo and uh, Gabby Plain. And we saw how important it was for them to have both of those aces throwing or, or having two of them on the team. I mean, in a game we'll talk about a little bit later, they, they brought one of them in for like the last batter or the last two batters just to give them give the girls something different to look at, and it worked. Uh, the next game was Oklahoma and Alabama. Oklahoma wins this one 3 to 2, uh, a precursor of things to come in this one. Alabama fought like hell, fought like hell. Um in this game and just 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 couldn't get it done. Uh Nicole Mendez RBI triple in the 6th inning breaks the tie and Oklahoma takes home the W. There were some uh, some chinks in the armor here for Oklahoma. Yeah. And then um, I told you guys this was going to happen, but Oklahoma State beating Florida. This was the big upset of uh, day one of the Women's College World Series. Samantha Show, Samantha Show dominated this game. Dominated. Hits two home runs and just shuts down. Shuts down. The Florida Gators. Kelly Barnhill for Florida was awesome. Awesome. Outside of when she pitched to Sam Show Or Shaw. I think it might be Shaw. I mean, just insane. Just insane. The, I mean, Samantha Shaw, I- incredible. This whole playoffs for Oklahoma State and was incredible again in this one. Um... She was on the mound also and she pitched just a, a ridiculous game holding Florida to one run. Day 2, the winners bracket games. UCLA takes it to Arizona. They win 6 to 2. Uh, another great outing from Rachel Garcia. Great outing holding the the Arizona power to just two runs. Yeah, I don't really have a ton else to say about that game. I mean, UCLA showed up and took care of business. um, 6-2, to two. Garcia again. Oklahoma, same thing against Oklahoma State, showed up and took care of business. I mean, these two teams were obviously the two best teams uh, uh, coming into the Women's College World Series, and they showed it on Saturday. I mean, they, or on Friday, Friday night. They showed up, they showed out, and these were their two games to show that they were the two best teams. 6 to 1 for Oklahoma over Oklahoma State and 6 to 2 for UCLA over Arizona. Day 3 is when things got a little frisky. On Saturday, Washington and Minnesota, Washington up five Washington wins 5 to 3. Um huge huge lightning delay in the 6th inning with uh Washington up three to one. And Gabby Plain pitched a hell of a game for uh for Washington, but at the end in the seventh inning, uh, it got a little close. Minnesota strung a few hits together, made it interesting, and then uh they turned, they gave the ball to Alvalo and and she came in and closed it out again. This is the uh The advantage of having two aces, two pitchers with sub 1.5 ERAs for Washington. Uh, In the next game, Alabama run ruled Florida. I mean, right from when the game started, Barnhill just just didn't have it in this one. Um, I believe it was six to nothing after the first inning, and Alabama just jumped all over Florida, showed why Alabama was the regular season SEC champions. And then, oh, so Washington with their win advanced to another elimination game playing Oklahoma State. And Taryn Alvalo started this game and dominated it. Washington wins 1-0. Uh, Sam Shaw, another incredible game uh, in the circle. Unfortunately, she cannot produce the home runs again. And, and Washington holds on. Alabama has to take on Arizona after Alabama beats Florida. And Alabama shows some grit. They win two to nothing. Two to nothing. Arizona loses. Just a great job by the pitching staff for Alabama to keep Arizona's power bats in the yard. And finally, the semifinal matchups. UCLA against Washington UCLA beats Washington three to nothing in 10 innings and that was a show Rachel Garcia threw 10 scoreless innings she threw almost 170 pitches. she struck out 16 batters and and. Okay, here we go. Here's the stats. She threw 179 pitches, struck out 16 batters, gave up eight hits, and walked four. Managed to keep the Huskies off the scoreboard the whole game. Washington left 12 batters on base. The Huskies haven't scored a run on Rachel Garcia since April 2nd, 2017. That's 26 months. So Washington's eliminated. Oh wait, I'm so sorry, I forgot to add this in. In the bottom of the 10th inning, Rachel Garcia hit a walk-off three-run home run. Just insane. Insane. I mean, Rachel Garcia showed why she's the best player in softball, or that she's the best player in softball. Absolutely ridiculous game from her. In the other semifinal, Alabama again shows that grit that we were talking about. They beat Oklahoma one to nothing in eight innings. The Alabama pitching staff again—it just incredible outings on Saturday and then again on Sunday. Uh, so Alabama holding Oklahoma scoreless for an entire game, one that goes into extra innings and forces a uh, an elimination game with Oklahoma. I mean, Alabama—the only team that's been able to test Oklahoma really all season. Um Oklahoma won 41 games in a row earlier in the season until they lost to Wisconsin in the regional. Obviously that loss not really affecting them. They're here, they're in the final because they come back and beat Alabama seven to three in the elimination game to make the final. The final is going to start tonight at 730 pm on ESPN. If, oh, and then game two is going to be tomorrow. At 8.30 p.m. on ESPN, UCLA will be the the away team, it looks like, tonight. Uh, Game three, if necessary, will be on Wednesday. UCLA behind Rachel Garcia, the best player in softball, is my pick to win the title. Um, They just dominated in the Women's College World Series so far. Uh, I don't don't know if that's going to continue to happen, but Rachel Garcia is going to continue to be Rachel Garcia, and the Bruins are going to get it done. In the next three days. Okay, now let's head into the movie reviews. For the Godzilla review, I'm joined by Zach Blackerby. That one is going to be first, and then after that is going to be the Rocket Man review with uh, Mary Claxton and Mackenzie. So stay tuned for that. That was a very fun review to record. Okay, before we get into the Godzilla review with Zach Blackerby. Uh, I forgot to read the, uh, the important stuff before the interview started, or I guess not interview before the discussion started. Um, So here is that the movie, the, the real title is Godzilla King of the monsters. It's, a new story that follows the heroic efforts of the cryptozoological agency Monarch as its members face off against a battle of god-sized monsters, including the mighty Godzilla, who collides with Mothra, Rodan, and his ultimate nemesis, the three-headed King Ghidorah. When these ancient super species, thought to be myths, rise again, they all vie for supremacy, leaving humanity's very existence hanging in the balance. A rated PG-13 for some monster action and uh, some language. Movie stars Vera Farmiga, Ken Watanabe, Sally Hawkins, Kyle Chandler, Millie Bobby Brown, and Bradley Whitford. Um, On Rotten Tomatoes, it got a 39%, and the critics' consensus is Godzilla King of the Monsters delivers spectacular kaiju action and reaffirms that cutting-edge effects are still no substitute for a good story. The audience did give it an 86 All right, let's get into the conversation with Zach. All right, we are joined now by the one and only Zach Blackerby to talk a little Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Zach, what is your grade for this movie? doesn't have to be out of 100, whatever grading scale that you prefer.
1: I'll kind of model it after what you got going on out of the 100. I'll give it a
0: 68. Going 68, not impressed with it. Why is that? Give me give me some thoughts, some some hot takes, if you will.
1: I went into it. The bar was very low. I, I didn't want an elaborate plot. I just wanted big monster alien things just destroying each other. Wanted a lot of explosions, wanted a lot of action, and I just don't really feel like they did that. They tried too hard to make you care about the people and failed. You know they they did a good job designing and crafting all of these cool looking big old monster alien titan type things and they really only focused on three of them one of them obviously being Godzilla one of them being the main bad guy three headed dragon dude who looked he looked incredible and then this firebird guy and and I guess there was this moth Mothra I believe was his name but you only saw it for like twenty seconds and it really didn't do a whole lot other than sacrifice itself at the end but. The, uh, I don't know. I just kind of wanted, I just kind of wanted more of the monsters fighting each other, not people trying to run away from it. And that that was kind of it. I I understand if you're writing a movie and creating a movie, you want there to be plot. It's important for any kind of story, but I just don't think people are going to see a Godzilla movie for any type of story whatsoever.
0: I agree. I agree with just about everything you just said. I thought, uh, uh, I thought it tried a little, little hard. Uh, I'm going to read you my notes here, and then I'm going to uh, give you my grade at the end. Okay. This is a grade that's been very difficult for me. It's fluctuated twenty points in both directions, and I, I still don't really know what where I'm going to go. Okay. So here are my notes. I, I took this is what I wrote down very quickly right after I saw it, right after to get my thoughts. Uh, I enjoyed it. The effects are incredible. Uh, the movie's not very fun. Like you don't have a fun time watching it, which yeah, is and weird it for been. Yeah, it's it's weird for a monster movie like this. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what you want in the summer, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh there are times when it's overly dramatic and other times where it's super oversimplified. Mm-hmm. Um I thought Millie Bobby Brown. Uh, 11 from Stranger Things. I thought she did a very good job in her role, although it is kind of weird seeing her cuss because, like, it, it's like she's like, what, 15, 16 now. But when we first, you know, met her as a movie or television star, she yeah, was, yeah, like I still 11. know her as Elle. Yeah. Right. So, um, Kyle Chandler was okay. He was fine, but it, it's hard for me at least to to watch him on screen He's and not, not think of him as Coach Taylor. Uh, Thomas Middleditch was good. Uh, in uh, albeit a relatively smaller role, and I thought him and Kyle Chandler's back and forth, those characters were good. Um, there were some really, really good, really cool like transition shots from scene to scene that mm-hmm. I really liked, and some really cool shots of like the monsters fighting. A lot of the cinematography uh, I really liked. Um, I don't think it's your typical summer blockbuster, and I think they tried. Probably too hard to make it not your typical summer blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Instead of just like going all in on it, uh, there was nothing I really rolled my eyes at and was like, "All right," but there was nothing that really like blew me away either. Um, it's a very loud movie, which again you expect from a monster in there movie. Expecting that, right? But- um, not a movie I'd necessarily want to bring my kids to see. And I walked out just like that was a movie that I saw. So originally I gave this a 75 and then upon thinking about it more I dropped it to a 55. And then I really That's a big drop. I feel like if it's if I gave it a 55 then I should like not have been entertained or not liked it. But like I didn't dislike the movie. Mm-hmm. I I thought it was fine. So Do you think it was too long? I I yeah. I think if you I have... I was never really bored or anything, but... I, it, I was. I was a okay. little bored.
1: I was a little bored because they kind of do the same story like two or three times as yeah. far as like different folks escape, you know, different mm-hmm. Titans escape. And it's just like, okay, we just saw that. Okay. We, yeah. We just, how many times are we going to see this? And the it's like thing. the
0: Titans escape, but they don't show you anything about them. They're just like, oh, Titans escape. And right. it's like, oh, okay.
1: Except for the, the main one, the yeah. three-headed dragon. Right.
0: So... You know, it was very blah to me. I think I'm going to go with 65. I'm going to split the difference. I'm going to say remarkably average. It's going to be a 65 for me. A few questions about some of my thoughts that I've got for you, Zach. Okay. Um, First, did you like that they tried to give it more of a plot? No,
1: absolutely not. I mean, that's just what you kind of go in there wanting. I don't think anyone wanted like some deep, elaborate plot. And they didn't achieve that, but... I think they spent a whole lot of time assuming that folks would care about these people that were running away. And you and I talked about it before we turned the microphones on, Michael, there's, there's a couple of like sacrifice scenes, if you will. Yep. And I can't, I'm not going to talk on, on behalf of you, but
0: I just, yeah, I, I, didn't I, care. I, didn't, I didn't care. Yeah. Right. And uh, it is worth saying at this point that neither Zach nor I saw the, the first movie. And this is a sequel Um, Did you feel like you missed anything? No. I don't think so. I think I know exactly what happens in the first movie. They like recap the entire thing. So maybe if you saw the first movie, you might feel more connected to the characters and you might care if some of them die. Um, Yeah, I, I certainly didn't. I appreciate the effort. To give it a plot. The script was awful right the script was really bad there were numerous times another thing we talked about before uh, we turned the mics on that they it was like they tried to fit important stuff in there that they just would mention once mm-hmm. and and it it was weird or or they'd say something that was supposed to be like a powerful realization or give some sort of emotion and you were kind of like oh okay and like that was it Um, Some of the timing uh, of certain things, I didn't think this movie was super well-directed. Again, I felt like more of the uh, focus should have been on the fighting dinosaurs and less on the people.
1: My biggest issue with the movie as far as the plot and just kind of the sequence of events, and we we didn't discuss this beforehand, but they drop a a weapon on when Godzilla and two of the other guys are fighting. Mm -hmm. and they drop this big weapon, and the two bad guys are fine, and Godzilla, who's apparently the strongest one of all of them, is the only one that gets hurt, and he's like, he almost dies. And it's like the other guys are totally fine. I thought that was a little weird. Did did you? What did you think about that?
0: I think that may have been when the alien line or whatever got said.
1: But there's still like the Firebird guy, right? Where it was just like, he should have gotten hurt too. Because they did like this oxygen bomb thing. I think that's what yeah. they called it.
0: I didn't. I don't remember if the Firebird was in that. But you fight. saw.
1: But you saw him later, right? Because the she, he fights the the. Yeah, moth but the thing.
0: oxygen bomb was only supposed to take it. They said that it was like it destroyed all the oxygen in like two square miles. Mm-hmm. So in theory, if he was, because didn't they didn't they like draw the Firebird away from? I don't know. Maybe not. Oh, also, how about how the fire guy gets stabbed like right through the chest and dies and then like two minutes later, it's just like fine. Yeah, Yeah, that was weird too. Um, Okay, so some positive things. I actually thought most of the acting performances were pretty good, especially since, you know, they do most of the acting just on a green screen Mm -hmm. since all of it's animated. And the animation itself was awesome. I mean, Godzilla looked awesome. Ghadira looked awesome. Even Rodan, the fire fire, uh, bird. Right. Looks cool. Mothra in the the few scenes. Oh, that was another line. They drop a line about Mothra that, that just is like out of nowhere and is supposed to be like... And, and then they just like don't bring it up again and everything's like fine. Queen of the Monsters yeah. thing? Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, I thought Ken Watanabe as Dr. Ishiro was, was pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. Vera Farmiga uh, I thought was decent in her role but that's a tough one for me actually no i thought she did well because i think we were supposed to really hate the character and then she was supposed to redeem herself at the end i just hated her the whole time i just hated her the whole time also yeah 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 hers was another scene um as long as we're doing spoilers her death scene was one that i thought was really bad
1: well, it's one of those sacrifice things well, yeah it's like, no,
0: cool. I'm it was she- like, you knew that was going to happen right before, right? But then they added the extra like 30 seconds where she like stands there and starts to run and then makes the decision. And I'm like, I thought when they like, whatever, it, it was just like, it was an unnecessary yeah. little bit that didn't need to be in the movie. Right. Uh, we talked about Kyle Chandler and Millie Bobby Brown, uh, Bradley Whitford as Dr. Stanton. That was the guy who was saying like the weird one liners and then was like Zilla. Oh, yeah. I actually thought he might have been one of the best parts of the movie. I liked him as well. He added a little bit of comedic relief, even if a lot of the one-liners really weren't very funny. It was at least like there was someone in the room that wasn't like contemplating driving a spike through his brain in instead of like dealing with Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I also felt like if Mark Russell... Kyle Chandler's character was the forefront authority on Godzilla. Why would they let him like get away and go take pictures of wolves?
1: Yeah. The instant credibility that he had was interesting. Which and may that, be that may have been something we missed in the first yeah. movie. Yeah. But
0: it was like, I don't know, he like shows up and then every inter- interaction with Godzilla, he knows exactly how to handle it. Mm-hmm. And everyone not only listens to him, but like doesn't know how to handle it. I don't know. Wild. What do you give this movie? Uh, I, I've I settled on 65. Okay. The lowest movie we have reviewed on the Couch, Pat, Potato podcast.
1: How many in are we now? Four or five? Uh, I think like seven or eight.
0: Sweet. Mm-hmm. Sweet. And climbing. Yeah. You can follow Zach on Twitter, at Zach Blackerby. Z Blackerby. At Z Blackerby. Z Blackerby. Zach, thank you for joining me today. Sure thing, man. Have a good one. You too. That is going to do it for uh, our Godzilla Recaps. And up next is going to be a, a complete opposite end of the spectrum movie, Rocket Man. And I'm going to be joined by Mackenzie Hickman and Mary Claxton Gaddy for that one. Enjoy. All right. Now we are joined by two very special guests, Mackenzie and Mary Claxton, to talk about Rocket Man. The synopsis for Rocket Man says that Rocket Man is an epic musical fantasy about the incredible human story of Elton John's breakthrough years. The film follows the fantastical journey of transformation from shy piano prodigy Reginald Dwight into international superstar Elton John. This inspirational story set to Elton John's most beloved songs and performed by star Taron Egerton tells the universally relatable story of how a small town boy became one of the most iconic figures in pop culture. Rocket Man also stars Jamie Bell as Elton's longtime lyricist and writing partner, Bernie Taupin. Richard Madden as Elton's first manager, John Reed. And Bryce Dallas Howard as Elton's mother, Sheila Fairbrother. Rated R on Rotten Tomatoes. It got a 90% on the tomato meter. And the critics' consensus is that it's going to be a long, long time before a rock biopic manages to capture the highs and lows of an artist's life like Rocket Man. The I mean, audience score is also a ninety.
2: I scored it as a ninety, so I, feel I agree like it with that. Be higher personally. I mean, I will say one thing. Going into it, I was just kind of—I don't know what I was expecting. I think I was just kind of like, "Woohoo, fun! Elton John concert!" Like, and it completely knocked my socks off. Not only because I was horribly <laughs> unprepared for what it was, but also because it was a fantastic movie. And it was very raw and real and emotional. And Taron Egerton, Edgerton, as yeah, Sir Elton says. Yeah, Edgerton. Soft G? Soft G, yes. Okay. Yeah. But Excuse say, me. I, I can't I even get that. into that because <laughs> I know that's all Mary Claxton's territory. So, but he was fantastic.
3: He was phenomenal. And he has Elton John seal of approval. And so that's all that matters to me.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I think I'm actually a little higher. Uh, than a 90 i think i'm gonna put it at a 92 going with my gut here putting it at a 92 a a solid a minus there for me i I thought this movie was incredible definitely the best movie i've seen this calendar year um we we can start with the lead taron edgerton edgerton Edgerton. Edgerton. we can do it (laughs) Uh, he was incredible it, absolutely incredible. Phenomenal. All I could think I about him. through the whole movie was how the movie was infinitely better than Bohemian Rhapsody. And how Edgerton was worlds better than Remy Malek as the lead. If Edgerton does not get a best actor, at least a best actor nomination after Remy Malek won for best actor, I'm going to lose my mind.
3: I do. While I completely agree with that, I, he did have... The living artist there to consult with, and that was heavily involved with the project. To be fair,
0: yeah, I understand that, but But either way, it's not like he's trying to replicate the current artist. He's trying to replicate the guy he was. No,
3: and I, but I absolutely agree. I'm just saying that he did have that to his benefit.
0: And I think he was worlds better. Uh, I thought that Jamie, well, Mackenzie, we'll get your thoughts. Your any any thoughts on the lead? Oh no, Internet. I thought he
2: was fantastic. I mean, going into this, you could just hear him. Like we said, he played, he performed the song I'm Still Standing when he did the vocals for Sing. And right then and there, you knew he was incredibly talented. And then he transitioned and he put on those oval glasses and it really did it. I mean, he is Elton. Mm-hmm. And you were completely, I don't want to say hoodwinked, but you believed it the whole time. Starstruck. Starstruck. You believed it. You believed it. So I thought that was really saying something, especially for someone as iconic as Sir Elton. Sir
0: Mm. Elton. Sir Elton John. Official
2: titles only, please.
3: (laughs) Sir Elton John even did say, when I watch the movie, I don't see an actor. I see myself, which is an extraordinary thing for an actor to do. He's extraordinary. So for that to be like what he says about the man that's playing himself Mm -hmm. is just incredible
0: and not not to be outdone Jamie I believe his name is Jamie Bell, yeah yes. Jamie Bell who plays bernie taupin um Elton John's basically lifelong best friend almost at this point mm-hmm. and Richard Madden, who plays john reed the uh <laughs> the the first manager of Elton John were both incredible in their own right um I've never heard of or seen. I don't know who Jamie Bell is. Uh, I thought he knocked it out of the park. He I'm was a big in the Richard. Of
3: Fantastic Four a few years ago. Who did he play? I'm pretty sure,
0: right? Uh, uh, I mean, well, now we got to figure saying, it we'll out. Look but it
3: up. But he's I will say, to Kate Mara, who was also in that. I'm oh, sure I love. Kate you know?
2: Kate Mara. He was
0: in yeah. Fantastic Four. Wait, who in twenty fifteen. Uh, beats me.
2: Mm, well, I really appreciated how he rocked a a very strong V neck. So. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if we acting, yes, that's great, but the man in the his V neck game was very strong. So the, that's not on, on that on, speaking <laughs> on that. Speaking
3: no, the costuming for this movie was absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal. Oh, it was. And the choreography was amazing. Yeah, no. J- just, I loved it.
2: No, I agree on both. And I was sitting there and I was so amazed with, like, the costuming, but I will say that they did have they did have some good stuff to go off of in the first place. I mean, not to like disregard them; they like did a great job recreating it. But yeah, yeah, no, I, I was <laughs> we're all just like over this. Movie.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, as uh, I think we should. I mean, when we walked out, I, I said that my one major issue with it was the pacing, and you guys both made the point that the pacing of the movie kind of reflects the pacing of his life, and I was like, okay. All right, nerds, but yeah, you, you, you made it. Yeah, absolutely. There's a ton of it in this movie. I mean, right from the very first song, and I thought they did a really good job of integrating the songs into the movie. It wasn't like, okay, stop, we got to play a song. Right. They, they really worked it in, and I thought they did a great job with that. Obviously, the soundtrack is incredible because it it's Elton John music.
3: Yeah, it was very reminiscent the way that they like worked the songs into the movie. It was very reminiscent of Across the Universe which is one of my favorite movies, but it just, like, flowed so nicely, like you were saying.
2: I mean, nothing will really get you in a good mood other than a an 8-year-old, a 10-year-old singing The Bitch is Back, so. Mm, that's true. <laughs> right off the bat, starting really strong, and we only went up from there. At first, I know it's so silly, but at first I was like, oh, they're playing all these really good songs, like, right off the bat. You kind of, like, get worried that your favorite songs aren't going to have enough time in the limelight, but there's just so many great ones that, that ends up being totally like discounted. Yeah, you're not gonna run out of good Elton yeah, John You're not. <laughs> you're <just> not. not.
0: <laughs> I don't even know what else to really say about this movie. I thought that there was a lot of really cool cinematography and a lot of really cool um, like transition shots that they did. Uh, I thought the way that they told the story was interesting. Right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't yeah. like you just showed up and it was like, oh, here's Elton as a baby. They had kind of an interesting twist that ran all the way through the movie and i i just i thought this was an an, an absolutely incredible movie
2: yeah no i agree i would also like to point out richard madden and um (laughs) (laughs) yeah taron edgerton's chemistry was actually really 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 good um and it's coming as a big fan of his from game of thrones rob stark five ever um
0: (laughs) have you watched bodyguard
2: no it's on my list it's on my list i like and waiting, Mackenzie has a lot of things on her mm-hmm. list to be fair. That is true. That is true. Well, he
0: won an Emmy for it, so yeah. you should yeah, watch Yeah, I know, it.
2: I know, but he's fantastic. Um, I was even reading the interview because I read sometimes, but in between <laughs> him and Sir Eldon, and it was just fascinating. I mean, you hated him in the movie, you hated him, and that was exactly but he what he at did at the job. beginning.
0: You didn't, though. Oh, no, no, it was oh, no. Yeah. I mean, it was the whole thing was, I just his performance, I thought, was great um a, a kind of a smug arrogance yeah to the character that i'm sure the guy had in real life also but i mean i just thought the acting performances top to bottom were all very very good even the little side characters that you saw for like 5 minutes
2: yeah mhm um i don't
0: know how like true True, true, the story is, like, one of my biggest knocks of Bohemian Rhapsody was that I walked out of the movie and, like, it took one very quick Google search and, like, four seconds to find out that, like, the whole movie didn't follow the correct timeline. And I haven't seen anything like that about, J- about Rocket Man or anything, but, I mean, I-, I cannot stress enough how much I sat during this movie and was like, this is so much better done top to bottom than Bohemian Rhapsody. And I was—I'm very yeah. impressed that they—they they sang the songs.
2: Oh my gosh! You're sitting over there, and you don't expect Richard Madden or Bryce Dallas Howard to start singing.
0: Bryce Dallas Howard playing um, Elton John's mother. Yeah, I thought she did rather well, also.
2: She did. Yeah. I didn't even realize an, that she was in the movie until today when I was trying to buy tickets online, so we didn't have to stand in the long ticket line. And I saw she was in, it and I was like, "I." She wasn't highly publicized, but she did such a fantastic job. I mean. Yeah, sorry, (laughs) I got caught up, but she really did, like, just, I don't want to give away too much, but just the way that she is really shows the way that Elton ended up being, and you really can, like, feel that the whole way through. You really do take the emotional journey with the characters.
3: Yeah, also the, speaking on casting, the casting of Young Elton John, like him mm, as a child, mm. and then him in the I don't know if it's like teen, teen, adolescence, yeah. adolescence. Yeah. Thank you for that word. Just amazing. I mean, they, it, when they show, they do a whole like comparison photos at the end, like in the credit reel. Mm-hmm. And they the last picture is a picture of Elton John next to the kid that played him. And it is scary how much they actually look alike. And are alike in real
0: life all right final thoughts we'll start with you mckenzie final thoughts
2: um i'm in, a little bit in love with richard madden in a very respectful and healthy way um <laughs> i hate, and i hated him in the movie and i was just really impressed overall it wasn't at all what i was expecting but i couldn't have been more pleased with the end product and i want to go see it again already so
0: Mary Claxton, final thoughts.
3: I mean, I love anything that Taron Edgerton is in. So the second that I knew that he was going to be Elton John, I knew that I was going to love this movie. But he like the whole film just surpassed any and all of my expectations. I thought that it was absolutely phenomenal by far and away the best movie I've seen thus far this year. Um, everyone should go see it. I Just, just great in every regard.
0: Give us uh, your, your two grades again. Mackenzie coming in with a 90. Mary Claxon at like a 99, if I'm not mistaken. I,
3: I, think, I, I think I said a 97, 97 leaving yeah. the theater.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to so go I would ahead keep and keep it at that. I'm going to keep mine at a 92. The highest rated movie that I've reviewed on the podcast for me. Definitely the best movie I've seen this year. Um, I, I had high expectations going to this movie, and I was still absolutely blown away. I cannot urge you to see this movie enough. Uh, obviously, music, a huge part of the movie, so I'd urge you to go see it in theaters where you have the big surround sound speakers. But I don't think there's a bad time to watch this movie, and I don't think anyone can walk out of this movie disappointed.
2: Don't watch it with your mom, but yeah. Or small children. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, no, don't
0: watch any R-rated movies with small <laughs> children. Thank you make you. a good point. Thank you guys for joining me tonight.
2: Thank you for having us. Thank you.
0: That is going to do it for episode number 41 of the Couch Peptato podcast. Thank you again to Zach McKenzie and Mary Claxton uh, for coming on with me. Uh, I love seeing movies, love reviewing movies, and I especially like it when I get to uh, review them with my friends. So that's a lot of fun for me. I hope you guys enjoyed them. Uh, if you did or did not, either way, thank you for listening. Let me know your thoughts at Couch Peptato. That is going to do it for our show today. And I'll talk with you guys next time.
1: The Couch Potato Podcast